Welcome to Transmissions Alt Mode Reviews, where we look at the latest comics and other media featuring the Transformers. In this episode, we review the penultimate IDW publishing Transformers comic, Shattered Glass 2, number 4. Today is Friday, November 25th, 2022, and this is episode 313 of Transmissions Alt Mode. Welcome to Transmissions Alt Mode, the podcast that's starting to enjoy tooting on Mastodon. I'm your host, Charles, a.k.a. Big C, and I'm joined by the excellent Transmissions team. Jeremy, a.k.a. Yakko. Hey, how's it going? And Daryl, the Cybertronian Beast. That's, hey, that's my line. Uh, toot, toot. <laughs> uh... Let's talk Transformers. As always, we start off the show by thanking our Donatrions, those lovely people who support us on Patreon and PayPal. Thank you all so much for continuing to help us out, and we really appreciate your support. If you'd like to become a Donatrion, just go to transmissionspodcast.com slash support. That's where you can sign up, either on Patreon or PayPal. This week, we welcome a brand new Donatron, Christian. Thank you so much for joining us and signing up. We really appreciate it. Hope you are enjoying the content and hope you enjoy all the bonus stuff you've got now that you've unlocked on the Patreon. So check out all the bonus content we've got up there, including things like the bonus show, We Like Big Bots, starring Daryl and Dr. Pants. Uh, we've got a brand new episode this week. Daryl, what's going on with this episode of uh, We Like Big Bots? Yeah, this is a fun one. Uh, we are talking about our first combiner uh, this time around, episode six. And this guy is probably my favorite combiner. Uh, you'd think it'd be Devastator, but it's not. It's Predaking. And Predaking is just a, a, a great character. Uh, you know, he's made up of the Predacons and, you know, it's, you know, it's a little, uh, a little foreshadowing maybe, and you know, for what's to come, but, uh, Predaking is just an awesome, incredible, uh, combiner. And, uh, he's been able to be produced, uh, a number of different ways over the years. Uh, and, uh, we've got some really cool figures that we, uh, we show off and talk about. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's a fun one. I wish you know, I wish we had some of the uh, the newer ones as well. So yeah, it's a uh, you know we don't have all of them. He's a big combiner, so he costs a lot to get all the figures. So a lot of those uh, a lot of those newer ones we don't have. Cool. So check that out. That is our Donatrion bonus show. We like big bots, and that's already available on our Patreon page. So if you have access, you can get it right now. Uh, also, this week, we had the next episode of our live play Transformers RPG podcast, Empire of Rust. Uh, so this was emp- episode 89, stickers not included. And this just came out on Monday, November 21st. So it should already be in your feed uh, for everyone to listen to. Of course, if you are a Donatron, you get access to the next bonus early version of episode 90 that's coming out this Monday. November 28th. Uh, so this is only for Donatrons. They get it a week early because the Empire of Rust schedule is every two weeks. So 
if you want to listen to episode 90 early and it's got lots of extra content, lots of uncut stuff that's not in the regular episode, you can listen to it right now. Well, not now, in a couple days on Monday. Um, and this is episode 90, Interplanetary Route 69. Nice. <laughs> Something so, great to uh, listen to as you're regretting all the purchases you made over the weekend. <laughs> it is Cyber Monday, so you know, celebrate Cyber Monday with a Cybertron podcast. All right, uh, now let's jump into our review. All right, uh, we are looking at Shattered Glass two number four this week, and. As always, we will get into the covers first. Uh, cover A is by Livio Ramondelli and showing the main character of this issue, Flame War. Cover B also shows Flame War in a more cartoony style. With um, This is by Ashley Phillips. The retailer incentive has a more whimsical uh, Look at, and it's got uh, Flame War, Megatron, and Metroplex, and uh, this is by Josh Burcham. And then the retailer exclusive, the one that came with the Hasbro Pulse toys, is showing Flame War shattering the glass of the Decepticon logo, and this is by Casey Collar. So, uh, Charles, I'll start with you. Which one of the four do you like? Uh, I think I got to give it to Casey Collar this week and the, the Hasbro cover. Um uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I, I guess I'm kind of a more uh, I like I like the detailed, like high, high detail, uh, you know, uh, kind of fully rendered transformer style. So uh, Casey Collar fits the bill here in this week. Um, and I, well, I, I just wasn't wasn't really a fan of the of the style, like the, you know, the ultra stylized versions of the, the couple other covers this week and the. Uh, uh, Levio's cover was uh, was good too, but uh, I I think Casey Collar edged it out for me. All right, Daryl, how about you? Um, yeah, unfortunately, I'm not a huge fan of any of the ones that, re- that are available on the uh, retail side this time. Um, <clears throat> they, uh, I don't know, they just they all seem to lack a depth. I mean, Josh's is literally two dimensional. Um, and so, so yeah, the, uh, I'm, I'm, I generally wouldn't pick, uh, the retailer exclusive because it's such a, uh, a difficult one to get. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to be picking, uh, Casey's it's, it's just for me, it's, it's just by far the better image, uh, for, uh, for this, for this issue. Well, I am going to be the contrarian. I mean, I I like Casey's, but I was going back between covers B and C. Um, I I really like the way that B is drawn, but uh, Flame War is very colorful with, like, the the flame designs and stuff. So I think that gives it the nod to uh, Josh Bertram's for me. And I don't don't know. I just, I I love the, um, I can't, I don't know what the name of this style is, but I, re- I just love this style. And, uh, the, you know, with a couple left, I think this is going to be one of the last retailer incentive ones I am hunting. 
in the IDW run. Is this similar to your your James Biggie uh, style? A little bit. I mean, when I saw it, I was like, isn't that the kind of style Derek Yeniger is doing these days, but with like, you know, Tiki Mm -hmm. stuff in his design? But I don't know. It was just, it was fun. And, you know, I have more of a chance of getting that than the Casey Collar one. All right, uh, getting into the story here. Uh, this is written by Danny Lore. Art is by Daniel Kana. Inks by Gigi Dutri. I, I, I believe it's Dutri. Um, colors by John Paul Bove. Letters by Jake M. Wood. Editor Riley Farmer. Supervising editor is David Mariette. <clears throat> so, uh, in the summary of the, the story here, it starts in the past in a bar on Cybertron. We see the remaining crew of the Rising Sea getting absolutely drunk as they remember their Captain Cannonball. He had forced all of them into escape pods before making the ultimate sacrifice to save them all. Suddenly, they're surprised when Megatron comes into the bar to offer his condolences. They might have had their issues on tactics, but Megatron says that he and Cannonball shared the same beliefs in the fight against the Autobots. However, he's surprised that everyone seems to be going towards Flame War as leadership because he had assumed Slipstream was in command. But Slipstream says that I might be, but wherever Flame War says to go, that's where the entire crew goes. In the present, the crew is making repairs after what Blaster had recently done to their base. Flame War is demanding that they should be fighting back instead. Megatron has told her that they're spread too thin and they need time to recover, but she would be leading the squad when it's time for an attack. As Slipstream and Flamewar argue details over whether being cautious is better or being aggressive, Shadow Striker points out that if neither of them wants to be there, why are they all still here? With that, the Rising Sea lives again and the team heads out into the static zone. They find Slicer and Rodimus outside of Metroplex, but seeing Rodimus just brought back the last time that Flamewar saw him. The day that he killed Cannonball and almost killed her. It was in the Titan's Nets Iacon Hub. This had been taken from the City Crashers Windblade and Light Bright, and now Soundwave and the Decepticons held it. When Soundwave and Flamewar made it to the command center of the Iacon Hub, they find that there's still an Autobot there. Rodimus has um, one of the cassette bots in his hands and Cannonball is trying to fight him off. Rodimus tosses the cassette bot at Cannonball and then takes on Flame War and Cannonball together. However, Windblade is also still in there and she uses her city-crashing powers to knock Cannonball into Soundwave. He's not down for long, though, and he quickly tosses Windblade aside to try to get to Rodimus and Flame War. Cannonball reaches Rodimus and hits him in the back, giving Flame more time to escape, but it's too late for him. Thinking about this memory reignites Flame More's anger. Stealth is no longer an option as the Wreckers see them now. She heads out to face Rodimus one-on-one, and Rodimus is eager for the fight. He gets in a couple hits before Hailstorm fires a rocket separating the two. Rodimus returns fire with a very exact shot, and lands it inside the now-empty missile tube, blowing Hailstorm to pieces. 
in a rage, Flame Ward jumps on Rodimus's back and starts pounding on him, but she's quickly grabbed in the air by Slipstream. However, she can't get past her rage, and she struggles free and or free of Slipstream's grasp, falling right onto Rodimus before everything goes black. While unconscious, Flamewar remembers when Starscream had informed all of them that Megatron is ordering everyone to leave Earth. Flamewar is upset. Everyone should have gone down with Megatron, but Starscream tries to convince her that if Megatron's plans were to have any hope, someone has to be alive to execute them. Waking up, Flamewar is shocked to find out that she's leaning against the shackled Optimus Prime. Ratchet has some plans for the former leader, and Hot, Hot Rod drags her, sorry, and Rodimus drags him away. Flamewar tries to understand what's going on, but Slicer doesn't reveal much. She then notices Blaster's head and realizes that they're able to hear everything that Soundwave broadcasts. Eventually, she gets a little bit off Slicer, that Ratchet and Ultra Magnus are up to something. But while Slicer's talking, Slipstream is able to sneak up behind him and attack him. He's quickly able to toss her to the ground, but she's planned for that, and she unlocks Flamewar's cuffs. Now, two-on-one, though, one is a wrecker. The fight's a little more even. Flamewar grabs Blaster's head to create a, a brief stalemate, but Slicer moves to shoot Slipstream, and Flamewar quickly blasts him through the wall and out of Metroplex. One last flashback reminds Flamewar that she's been led by anger too much and that she's at her best when she's able to work a plan instead of being a blunt object at her enemies. Flamewar opts to leave the Titan and let Megatron know what they found instead of finding and attacking Rodimus inside Metroplex. It's probably a good choice, as outside the Titan, Megatron and Soundwave are under attack by Springer. To be concluded. So, I, I thought this was pretty enjoyable. Um, Flamewar is a character that I, I haven't really gotten a lot of like it, it, she's a newer character, so we haven't really had a ton of stories outside of the the recent IDW V two, um, but I I understood her motivations there, and I um, you know I, I do like how everyone was trying to kind of that they saw her leadership potential and they were trying to get her to you know just push past her rage and be the leader that they all saw in her. Um, it doesn't seem like she's super good in a fight, though. I don't know. The fight scenes, she seemed to be giving her ass handed to her constantly. But, um, I don't know. I still, I enjoyed it. Um, the art was, it had a lot of good parts, but then there were some parts that were just a little iffy for me. I'm not sure if it was just because there was an inker on top of Dan Connor's art or what, but it just, excuse me, there, there was just a few parts that seemed to be not as, as strong as some of the recent issues we've had. But in all, I think I enjoyed this. It was a quick read uh, because of all the action, but I'm pretty sure I enjoyed it. Um, and one thing I was wondering about, um, the Titans net icon hub. I, I used to run a site called icon hub. I'm going to take that as a win that they, it, it's a direct reference, even though I know it's not, I'm taking that as a win. 
Um, but anyway, that that it, this was a good book. I'm just I'm hoping that the last issue kind of goes out with, with a bang and we get you know a nice strong ending to the IDW era. So, Charles, uh, what were your thoughts on the book? Uh, yeah, I I, I kind of agree with you. I think um, the particularly the art. I, it feels like they might have had a tight deadline for this book because it feels like the art was a little bit rushed. Like, yeah. like you know, we've we've seen a lot of Dan Kana's work uh, in previous issues of Shattered Glass, and he's. It seems like it, this was not his his best work on this right. issue and i wonder if if there was a tight deadline here uh because the things did not look quite as detailed as they usually are so right. um and when was the last time you had an inker called out in the credits yeah i think i think this whole shattered this i think it has there we've had a couple of inkers in in shattered glass too i think shattered glass has been on a, a particularly punishing deadline which is mm-hmm why they've had to bring in extra inkers for that. So, um, yeah, I mean, cause they, cause they, they have to, they have to be ready for the toy production. So like, uh, and see, like, uh, I think Daryl already mentioned that, uh, some people have the, have both the flame war and the Soundwave toys already. So they had the comics had to be ready months in advance to be packaged in with the toys. So, you know, so I think it is what it is, but I, I still think the art, the art is okay. It's not terrible. It's just, you know, that you can definitely see that, uh, you know, there's, there were some, yeah. it, it feel a little rush. Um, otherwise the, the story was, it was okay. I, I did appreciate the, it was, it was pretty like constant fighting and, and battling, but yeah, it was a little bit disheartening to see flame war get beaten every time so that that was kind of uh you know it's not 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 an uplifting uh, story not you don't see her triumph at the end or anything i guess she does kind of battle her own inner demons so um it felt like she was kind of a mirror image of hot rod um mm-hmm. as this you know the hot-headed young but le- but has leadership potential and she finally she's she's driven by revenge, but at the end finally realizes that she can serve the greater good by being a better leader. So I I like that kind of realization. Although the ending did feel kind of abrupt because, you know, it has to serve the larger shattered glass story. So her story kind of just ends on this, like, okay, I'm going to retreat. And then, you know, you got to shift focus to sound wave for the next issue. So flame wars kind of, you know, she just shuffles off stage and that's, that's it for her story. So that felt a little bit abrupt at the end, but mm-hmm. um, I did like that. This one was definitely not as exposition heavy as slicer from the last issue. So I thought that was an improvement here. Um, so, uh, but I, I, I mean, this did make me want a little bit more of flame war uh, in this, and uh, you know, in this little, this little bit that we got of her. Um, I'm still like, this is still, <laughs> I'm still not clear what we're doing with shattered glass here. Like <laughs> I, I thought we were get we're supposed to get like mirror image versions of, of established characters. I mean, flame war is a, is an established, you know, kind of bad guy Decepticon. And I guess we're getting a hero flame war here, but like, she's not yeah. the most prominent <laughs> character we could have picked for shattered glass i thought they they told us that we were going to get an explanation of why her color scheme matches her regular color scheme but i don't 
didn't see that. Mm. No. Nothing nothing about that in this book, but Oh well, I mean, I'm not I you know, shattered glass for me is not a huge deal, so it's fine. I'm not I'm not going to nitpick your you know, your shattered glass themes or whatever. I I mean, ultimately it's to to serve the toy line. I mean, they wanted to make a flame war toy. They put her in the shattered glass line. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but it was that's fine. I mean, that's that I think the overall was it was it was a, you know, an okay story. I'm curious how this is all going to end with the last issue with Soundwave. But yeah. All right. Well, uh Daryl, what were your thoughts on the book? Uh You guys aren't going to like this, but I did not care for it at all. <clears throat> not not the fact that it's, you know, um, I mean, it almost had, I, I, I couldn't get into the story. I, I know what's happening. Uh, I know each issues, a specific character kind of focus thing, but they're got this overarching, you know, story for the, the miniseries. but I could give two shits what's going on in this, in this miniseries at this point. You know, I talked about it in the last time we reviewed, uh, I think, number three. I do not care what's going on in Shattered Glass anymore, right? The fact that they are ending the IDW run on Shattered Glass it means absolute crap to me. I'm. It's possibly the worst thing that they could be doing with Shattered Glass uh, or with the Transformers license for me, um, you know. I am not a huge fan of Shattered Glass. As far as this book goes, the art, I did not like it. You know, I agree with what you said. Uh, it looks terrible. Um, it's, 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 I know Dan Kana is, has got a, a, a decent style, but this does not look like uh, Dan Kana art. Like, I mean, I've seen him do better, is basically what I'm saying. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I ended up scrolling through a lot of these pages because there's too much writing in this book and I just did not care to read it. So I read the first four or five pages and I thought I'm not, I don't want to read this book. Right. I have zero interest in reading this thing right now. You know, it's, it's not a, it's not a version of transformers that I care about. And I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry that it's ending on this for the transformers, but that's, that's how I feel about shattered glass. Um, I, I don't know what else to say. I, I do not like shattered glass and this story needs to end for me to, to just, you know, for me to move on. It's, it's, it's not something that I am, am, am interested in whatsoever. Um, I'm, I've tried, but you know, it's, I don't care about shattered glass. I mean, it's, that's totally that's fair. fair. I think, I, I mean, I think if you're, if you're already coming in, I mean, I'm coming in as well as not a, not a huge fan. Of shattered I still glass. buy the really books interested. though. Yeah. I still buy the fucking books. <laughs> Because 
I want there to be Transformers comics. So all of you guys out there who are listening or, or whatever and say, well, you know, there are, I wish there were better Transformers books. I still buy the freaking books, even though I hate them and I get them given to me for free so I can review them. I still buy the fucking book. <laughs> so I don't want to hear anyone's bullshit out there saying, well, I don't, you know, I read them and uh, you know, if they, I, if they're not making anything, I don't, I, you know, I don't like, I don't buy it. If you want good transformers books, you got to buy the shit too. I mean, it's like that with, with any franchise, Yeah, you know, DC and Marvel aren't all excellent books every time either. No. So. I mean, I, I think, I think this, I actually, this, this, Second series started <laughs> off strong. Like I really liked the Ultra Magnus issue one. I thought that was really good. I liked Ultra Magnus like overthrowing the evil Prime and and having his like wanting to carve out his own like takeover and everything. I thought that was a, a strong start. But then the last few issues have not. Like I mean, I, I think the storyline since you you have to focus on different characters in every issue mm-hmm. to serve the toy. That kind of weakens the story a little bit, and and yeah, I mean, if if it's already kind of a, a hard sell with like you're saying, it's basically you know opposite day Transformers. You gotta make you gotta make us care about that. Like, why do we why do we care about opposite day Transformers? Just give us regular Transformers. <laughs> but, yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean that's totally fair. Uh, so you know, I mean, I don't I, like it, being Debbie Downer like this. You know, yeah. I can. I mean, I'm generally pretty Debbie Downer about things, but this, I, you know, this is what they're ending their license with. I mean, come on. Especially when we found out what they could have ended it with. Yeah. You know, that, that multiversal one shot, like, the the giant like giant size book that they were going with mm-hmm. like that would have been epic epic but they canceled it for this not that it didn't, they didn't swap one for the other but they just they got rid of one and went ahead with this well, thing hasbro wouldn't let them do it i mean that was that was i mean this is the this is you're you're beholden to your licensor and hasbro wouldn't <laughs> let them do what that that what they wanted to do at the end they and I guess that's what it is. Unfortunately, I mean, you got to last spot standing is the actual end of the IDW universe. That's yeah. you got to got to go. If they had with ended that. it with last spot standing, I think we would all have been pretty happy with it. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. We, it, I think Daryl's bringing me down. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I think. I think um, <laughs> I'm I'm still kind of optimistic about the last issue. Just you know, I, I want to see. I, I'm kind of invested in the story now, but I do think that the the format of having to focus on the character that came with the comic is a detriment. I mean, I think as much as we enjoyed the first version, like Sarah Glass One, I think we still had that complaint. So. Mm-hmm. You know, if they do do this again with whatever the new licensed company is, hopefully they can just say, these are all the characters in the wave. 
make a good story with these characters, not issue one has to have this guy, issue two has mm-hmm. to have this one. So I, I think that would make a much better story, and then you would also get people to be like, well, I have to buy you know all the character like all the toys to get the comics. And- I'm still a big proponent of the idea that you don't actually have to switch out the the factions or change them so that the bad guys are the good guys. Like you don't have to change it and make it a different d- dimension, but you take an existing story that everyone knows and you tell it from the opposite side of the story and make the right. bad guys seem like the good guys. Well, just from their perspective, they are the good guys. Exactly. Everyone's yeah. the hero of their own story. So mm-hmm. a good writer can take an existing story and retell it so that the bad guys seem like they're the good guys, right? And make the reader empathetic to their cause, right? And so now you're looking at it from a whole different perspective and you're like, holy shit, like that's, that works, right? So, and that for me is a perfect shattered glass story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, mean, I think that would be interesting. Although I, w- I, I would love to see that attempted with Last Stand of the Records because I don't think that, that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Um, Overlord the hero. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that'll wrap up our comic review this week. Um, I think, you know, <coughs> got one more to go and then we'll see what happens from there. All right. Well, let's finish up the show with some feedback. All right, we've got some feedback from Brent from Chicago. Uh, he's given us some feedback on Earthspark episodes one and two that we reviewed last week. So fair warning, there are spoilers for Earthspark. So if you missed our review last week or you haven't watched it on the many ways that you can watch those first two episodes, uh, just maybe stop the podcast now and come back after you've seen them. But uh, Earthspark episodes one and two, they're all available. Uh, the first eight episodes or yeah, eight episodes are on or no, 10 episodes are on uh, Paramount Plus. Uh, the first two episodes are available on YouTube uh, in the US and I guess in the UK, not in Canada. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm sure if you are in other parts of the world, you can find them some way. But um, for right now, <laughs> if you haven't watched them, there's your spoiler warning. So let's hear what Brent has to say about Earthspark episodes one and two. Hey, Charles, Daryl, Jeremy, Apollo, and Mike. This is Brent from Chicago. I just listened to your review on Earthspark, and it motivated me to leave some uh, thoughts of my own, my own opinions, of course. So overall, I think Earthspark, for a start, it's... It was okay. I did not dislike it. Um, I wasn't crazy about it, but it was okay. I, I think it's like right in the middle. I tend to like every series, FYI. I, I loved the Machinima series. I know everybody hated it, but I loved it. I enjoyed it. It was fun and stupid, but I still liked it. And I enjoyed the uh, Earthrise series. The, all three um, series that were released on netflix i enjoyed it and i I know a lot of people didn't like it i i will say that the voice acting was not good but i still enjoyed it and i loved cyberverse so i tend to like just about anything that uh any animated transformer series that comes out 
So for positives regarding Earth Spark, I will say I think it's very well made overall. Um, animation looks very good. It reminds me of Cyber Cyberverse, that level of quality. So it's very good. I think the voice acting was for the most part um, competent. I don't really have any complaints with that. But my nitpicks, and of course, these are just my nitpicks only, only my opinions. Um, I, God, I just really wish we would focus on somebody other than Optimus, Bumblebee, Megatron, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The same guys, Soundwave, same characters over and over. You know, there's plenty of Transformers out there that don't get the spotlight like Blaster and, you know, um, I could go on and on. And yeah, I'm like you, Charles. I really wish there, in my opinion, there doesn't need to be any humans at all, but I get it. That's the whole premise of the story. The first Transformers born on Earth. You need a human family as uh, characters to anchor from. So I get it. I'm not going to harp on that too much, but that's, you know, it's just my personal preference. I wish there was no humans. I am interested to learn more about what what exactly a Terran is. You know, I mean, I think I understand it's a it's basically a transformer born on Earth. But yeah, I would like a little more information on um, who these two near, new characters are, uh, Twist and Thrash. And I see that Megatron is a apparently a good guy. And I, you know, I loved the first IDW run. I really enjoyed that. So I am, I'm kind of used to that. I know it's weird for anyone who's not read those comics, but, you know, I'm, I'm willing to see where this goes. So uh, good Megatron doesn't really bother me that much. I will say uh, one, a couple of things about the, uh, the father of the family for many episodes, I was trying to place what his accent was, and I was trying to figure out, is he Latino or something? And just as an FYI, I am of Filipino ancestry, even though I'm American. So I know that he had basically come out in one of the later episodes that he's from the Philippines. So, you know, I mean, just, this is just me. It was kind of pandery, you know, like, I get it. You're Filipino. And it was kind of a little much for me, you know. But again, that's just my preference. I'm like, I don't feel like I need to be pandered to. And they, I kind of feel like they over they went overboard with it. But that's a small nitpick. You know, it's just my, my thing. But overall, I, I think, you know, it's, it's an okay show. I'm not gonna say it's bad. I'm not gonna say it's great. I'm willing to keep watching it. Obviously, it is not aimed at me. I'm an adult. I'm just some guy in Chicago, and, and I'm not some famous celebrity in the Transformers world, so it's just one guy's opinion. So yeah, that's where I'm coming from. So as always, I love listening to you guys. I think I've listened to you for, one. it's got to be close to a decade now. However long you've been going, I've been there since the beginning. So keep up the good work. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Um, post recording correction, the names are Twitch and Thrash. And, and, and I forgot to mention one thing. I noticed that there are in the, in, uh, Earthspark, there are comic books about Transformers. I was a little confused about that. Like, do the Transformers exist in reality? I know some of them do, but all that stuff about Cybertron, etc. Did that really happen? And the comic books are based off of that or... 
was that all fictional and they made comic books based off of that? That kind of confused me. So maybe that will be explained later on or somebody can um, fill me in on that. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if I completely missed something. So anyways, take care. Wow. (laughs) Thanks, Brent. Uh, Thanks for uh, sending in a extra long voicemail we appreciate it uh Mm -hmm. thanks for listening for so i that's that's awesome that you've been with us for the beginning and yes this is we are in our 10th year so we'll have our 10-year anniversary next august so yeah it's been a long time Uh, thanks for for being with us for the whole time but um and, and thanks for sending in your thoughts um to start from the the end first um I don't think there were there there wasn't any explanation given for why they were Transformers comic books, but I think just extrapolating, you can say, well, they've been on Earth for 30, 40 years at this point. So maybe since they're now like it's there's no long the war's not going on and they're now integrated in society, I guess, you know, they just just ma- are making comic books for them. So I I took it as some form of G one happened in the past in this universe mm-hmm. and uh, much like you see, like in the Marvel movies, they have in-universe toys and media related to those those superheroes. Mm-hmm. I think it's similar thing here. It, you know, there is a fiction based off of the Transformers, based on the events that previously happened in the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what I I took from it as well. They've they've been around and they're superheroes of their of their universe. So they've, they may not sit down for, you know, interviews and they may not be, you know, super accessible, but, uh, but the, the world around them wants, wants more of them, right. They want to, they want more stories from them. So they obviously have they, someone in charge of their licensing. Right. Yeah. They got, <laughs> they got something. Right. And not, not, not their license plates. They, just, they still got to make, make the, <laughs> Yeah. yeah so uh so you got somebody out there putting uh putting everything together for them and and making some comic books and some making up some stories for them or taking existing stories and uh yeah. and and fluffing them up a bit try to you know make them a little bit more entertaining for the the wider mm-hmm. public yeah. yeah so that's basically how i took it i thought it was i thought it was really good i i, I could totally see it here you know in in the real world if if you had somebody flying around or doing crazy crap Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, it kind of like a historical fiction. The comics are like historical fiction for them, mm-hmm. and yeah, I would I would say that uh, when uh, when the daddy Malto gives his little flashback about the Transformers, I think that you we're supposed to take that as that's their real history on Earth in this in this storyline. So yeah. Um, regarding the um, like the the father's ancestry, I, I mean that's that's a future episode, so we won't I won't go too deep into it. But just without giving any spoilers, I actually thought that was that was interesting because uh, it was a way to kind of introduce uh, some tradition that I think if you're not Filipino, you you wouldn't be really aware of that. So you know this is a kids show, so introducing kids to another kind of tradition or, or, you know, some folklore from another culture, I thought was, uh, you know, was an interesting way to do it. So, and kind of natural, cause it's just, you know, the father trying to teach his, his kids about his tradition from his, you know, from when he was a kid. So 
I mean, I didn't really have a problem with. I, I thought it was interesting. I didn't have a problem with it at all. But I mean, I can see if you're if you're already familiar with it, it's kind of like wh- where is this coming from? Why is this here? But um, but yeah, I think Brent, you 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 were uniquely uh, familiar with it since that was your your heritage, your particular heritage, and and so you know. I can see how you'd have that criticism, but, um, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I agree the, like the one thing that, I mean, then maybe we'll, uh, it'll be further explained as the show goes on. I'd like to know how Megatron became a good guy. Like he's, he's definitely, he's, he's, he's nicer than he is even in the IDW comics. I mean, in the IDW comics, he turned Autobot, but he didn't turn nice. He was yeah. he was still he was still Megatron. He was he's like okay, yeah. I rec- I I he still has no love for organics. Yeah, I mean he's a, he's like okay. I acknowledge that I did a genocide and that was bad, <laughs> but uh, but but he didn't say like okay. Now I'm you know I'm hanging out with and making friends with all the humans and everything. So. Yeah, I'm I'm curious how like what what the actual like backstory is uh in Earth Spark to cuz and he's he, like he's apparently it's not all, like all the other Decepticons are also not haven't turned good either so I don't know that's 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 a future future question we haven't gotten answered yet. I hope there is a, a good answer in the show. Um I do. I did. I mean, I, and I agree with. I agree with Brent's criticism about having Optimus, Megatron, Bumblebee. I mean, the it's kind of like that's the brand. They're they're kind of the brand ambassadors. So you've you've kind of got to throw them in. But this does focus more on the new characters, Twitch and Thrash. So at least I appreciated that. I mean, the other the other the main characters are there, but they're they're not they don't make it oppressive in the show um but yeah i i mean i would always like to have i would always like to throw in obscure characters as, as opposed to the 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 big 4 big 5 whatever but i mean we do we do get like in these first two episodes we get swindle who's i mean he's a combaticon he's not he's not an a lister though and then hardtop that's definitely he's not a uh, he's a you know very obscure character. I think he's from Cybertron or like from the Unicron trilogy. Uh, and then we had Skull Cruncher who was there too. That was a that was a you know uh, one that's kind of pulling out of left field. So uh, we are getting so and and we had some Insecticons too. So we're getting some some obscure characters in the in the show, and hopefully that continues. Um, but yeah, um, thanks thanks for your comments, Brent. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, we'll be doing uh well I think we'll we'll try to go forward and and do some future reviews of Earthspark uh, going forward so uh we'll see how uh, how that goes. I think at this point maybe everyone's already seen all the episodes that are out. Yeah. Uh hopefully we, we, we can We still need to put our thoughts out there. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to have um, comics. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. So I mean, we could always go and review the Bay movies again. No, no thanks. <laughs> we got Rise of the Beast coming in a few months, so we'll we'll look at that. All right, well, I think that takes us to the end of this episode of a Transmissions Alt Mode. So thanks, everyone, for watching. As always, we end the show by giving a shout-out to our Masterpiece Donatrons, 
So thank you once again to John Forex Eleven Good and Demon Tech Eighty Two. Uh, we really appreciate you guys continuing to support us at our highest level. That's why we give you a shout out in every episode. And uh, that's it for this transmissions alt mode. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. Bye. Later. Thank you for listening to this episode of Transmissions. If you'd like to join the conversation, travel to our Discord channel at transmissionspodcast.com slash Discord. Want some cool transmission swag? Feast your eyes on our transmissions gear at transmissionspodcast.com slash shop. If you'd like to support our podcast, go to transmissionspodcast.com slash support or tell your friends about our show. We'll see you next time. Music.